0: What is up everybody welcome back to another episode of the three rings podcast today we are continuing our draft prospect profile series with this episode being on Benedict Matherin the six foot six guard out of Arizona University you know he he has a lot of hype coming around him to possibly get picked by the Pistons at five mainly a lot of people have him going a little bit later but We'll get into all of that, going over his full scouting report, everything we like from his strengths to his weaknesses, offensively and defensively. So make sure to stay tuned for that. We have a couple new episodes coming out after this in the draft prospect profile series on Dyson Daniels and then AJ Griffin out of Duke. So be on the lookout for those two. They'll be coming out right after this episode or in the days after this episode. So be on the lookout for that. And of course, uh, before we get into um, the content of this episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at the Three Rings Podcast on Instagram, Twitter. not even going to say it all. You all know the deal. So let's get right into it. I'm with uh, Vinayak and Aiden for usual today, and we're going to start it off with Benedict Mather Strengths. So he's six foot six, 205 pounds. What is the biggest strength, I guess, that you guys see with this dude?
1: I think you have to start off with the shooting like that is, is bread and butter. And that if everything fails for Matherin, that's going to be something that's I think is just going to keep him in the league. Regardless, the way he can come off, the way he can catch and shoot at a really elite rate is kind of very impressive. And the way he can come off screens, come off dribble handoffs. He's he's very, um, a very competent shooter. He shot, I believe, over 38 percent from three and the jump shot. I don't know if you guys saw that, but the jump shot looks so beautiful. Right? It's it smooth, man. A very smooth jumper. And even when contested, he does this thing where he like jumps high enough. He jumps like his elevation on his jump shots are also quite impressive. So it's not something where you're concerned he's going to get blocked. But the first thing that came off the bat for me was definitely his shooting.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm completely with you on that. I think, you know, he shot 37% from three. This past season at Arizona, he shot over 40%, I believe, his freshman year, but that was on less attempts. The biggest thing is, like you said, is catch and shoot. He's simply fantastic in that aspect of his game. And you mentioned his jump shot. I think everything with the mechanics of it looks perfect. Like, it looks like it'll translate very well to the NBA. It's really smooth. He has a little bit of a fall away to it. He doesn't really jump as straight up or straightforward like a lot of other players do. It kind of reminds me a little bit of LeBron James to a certain extent with that three that he has where he's falling back. So on. Um, but yeah, it's smooth, man. He holds that follow through like crazy, which coaches are going to absolutely love. His release point is nice and high, which is going to translate well to the NBA. Honestly, there's not too much else to say with it. His you mentioned his lift on his shot. It changes a lot in terms of situation because when he comes off screens, he will jump very high, which is good. And it, you know, if he has a guy on him, he'll jump very high on the shot, but he has the ability to also, if he's wide open or coming off of a, off the dribble too, um, he has a good ability to jump a little bit less, but still create enough power. And so I think the shot's perfect. It's going to translate so well to the NBA. Yeah. I mean,
2: I think he has a very compelling case to be the best three level scorer in this draft right now. I mean, I think I'm a Michigan State guy, so MSU has thrived in the past over guys staying a second year, and, you know, that's led to a lot of players, you know, like Miles Bridges is a good example because he's got his contract up um, this year. But, like, making that second year meaningful in college rather than being a one-and-done, and and he's really taken advantage of that. And, yeah, again, like I said, he could be the best three-level scorer in this in this draft class and i mean he does take a lot of like somewhat unnecessary contested shots i think that just like he kind of feels like it's the flow of the game but it's not really um and that that doesn't really concern me as much as i think that his percentage will go up if he doesn't take those shots just because you know he, he really makes those wide open ones, which is what you want. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he was still a 37% three-point three shooter, sorry. Um. So that that's really good. And then, yeah, just for volume, he's got a great – you know, he's got a large wingspan. He's pretty built already. You know, he looks he looks NBA ready. There's a lot to like about him. I know we, like – like the three of us have been kind of on him for a while. So, so yeah, it's kind of good to see a lot of other people finally watch some film of him because obviously not everyone stays up till 11 o'clock watching Arizona play Washington or, you know, Cal. So yeah, that's kind of what I like right
0: now. Yeah, that's a good point. I do kind of wonder if the East coast bias has hurt Mather a little bit because not too many guys talked about him this year at Arizona during the regular season. Once he got to the tournament and showed out, you know, against TCU in that game, he was insane. Um, I feel like everyone kind of started talking about him more, but this has been a Benedict Mathurin podcast for the longest time. We, We love this dude. And so I guess moving on to his next strength, I think it has to be his athleticism. He is very sneaky athletic. Like not many people want to talk about him and his possible high ceiling because they think of him as just a shooter. as just an off ball three and D type of guy. I don't think that's true at all. I think he's a big time athlete. He's very athletic, man. He was a huge vertical threat for Arizona this past year. He caught quite a few alley-oops. I mean, if you literally just pull up a math Benedict Mather highlights on YouTube. You'll see all the alley oops they threw to him, some of the dunks in transition that he had. He had he loves going to a windmill dunk. He's very athletic. I could see him competing in the dunk contest in the NBA down the line. I mean, frankly, he reminds me a little bit of Victor Oladipo coming out of college, just in how athletic he is and the little um, open court twitch that he has to his game. And so I think that that has to be talked about. That you know. He's pretty athletic. Nobody, everyone wants to talk about Ivy in this draft. Everybody wants to talk about Dyson Daniels' wingspan and so on. I think Mathurin's kind of slept on. What do you guys think?
1: I agree with you there. Also, him, um, Benedict Mathurin, by the way, his wingspan I think is he's six nine and he's like six five. He's six five tall, six foot five, but six nine wingspan. So he even has a positive there. But the way he uses that his athleticism is very impressive. I was really impressed also by the way he cuts. He's very smart in terms of backdoor cuts and cutting to the basket. And that's how you get some of these plays, like the crazy dunks you'll see. And again, I think that that type of athleticism is definitely something the Pistons are lacking. Someone who has athleticism, but is also has the IQ to know when to use it. Pistons, Pistons fans, you guys already know we have players like Hamadou Diallo. We have athletic players, but perhaps they're, the IQ at times is not as, not as high, not to roast Hamadou Diallo, but benedict matherin he knows how to use athleticism and i think the way he can move off the ball will definitely be a benefit to the pistons for sure
2: yeah i mean what you were talking about ivy and someone like you know sharp obviously just you know people are saying he's a lottery pick just off pure athleticism i don't think his athleticism will ever kill him like i'm saying matherin like it won't hurt his stock or anything but I don't know. I mean, like you were saying, like, yeah, he, he looks like he could play in a dunk contest. But honestly, I'm not, I'm not sure because I think I think he, he feels like his game is a little bit slower. I don't know if that's just the style play Arizona, like, had or it was just him. But I don't know. He feels a little bit slower than, like, usual. But, yeah, he can, like, than someone like Ivy. But, yeah, I think his athleticism is something that's a little bit underrated that, you know, could be talked about more. Um, But overall, just I think that being, like, left behind or, like, that's one of the last things you think about is telling to him just because of how good he is at a lot of other aspects of the game. Um, He's one of the few guys I think, you know, you got, like – Sharp, you're trying to develop him into be being like just a better all-around player, you know, defensively, everything. Ivy, you want to work on like his ball handling and how, how he makes decisions. I think Matherin is a guy where it's like there's not one like certain thing that really sticks out that he needs to improve in. I think he's pretty well-rounded and good in a lot of different ways. But you know, it's taking that next step to being a great defender, a great defender, like a great passer, a great you know, three level scorer. You know, because I feel like it, it is a little, a little bit of the like, Tobias Harris kind of like, good at everything but not bad at anything. But it's like he needs to be great at you know, I think I think his defending is something that needs to be like a lot, but like it needs to get better. But yeah, overall, he's still really good.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you on that. Cause one thing you'll realize from watching just a ton of Benedict Mather and tape is that, like you said, he does everything well. He's a very well-rounded player. He doesn't really have many big holes in his game and we'll go over some of the weaknesses he has, but there's not anything that everybody will point to and say, he sucks at this. He doesn't have that. But they're at the same time, there's not anything that everyone will say. He's the best player in the draft at this. He's a great catch and shoot player. Is he the best player in the draft at that? I'm not sure. I think you could say maybe A.J. Griffin's that dude. He's athletic. Is he the best athlete in this draft? I don't think, the, think so. That's probably Ivy or Sharp, like you just said. Do you guys think that kind of limits his ceiling, though, that maybe he's already so well-rounded? Or do you think that's a good thing? That he's well rounded and he just needs to focus on specific things because the NBA has always been called the league of focus on one thing and master it. You know, for shooters, if you master your shot, you can be like Duncan Robinson, get a five-year, ninety mil contract. Whether that's worth it or not, to be seen. But you know, do you guys think that being well rounded like Mathurin is helps him or hurts him, kind of, and limits his ceiling?
1: I would say, I would say it helps him in the fact that he like you like you said he's well-rounded he'll be highly regarded as a top draft pick but I do think um a lot of his concerns that we'll get into comes to the fact of being the and we're gonna like definitely get into is how he was just the number one option at Arizona and that really showcased a lot of flaws in his game such as you know the shot selection at times defensive focus like I think when he gets to the NBA his ceiling if we're gonna just talk about a ceiling I, I project him as like a at this best is probably a secondary option right third I'd lean more towards second but I think this is actually like a good thing because he'll be asked to do less and so he can still be that well-rounded player but now he's being asked to do that do less as a secondary ball handler instead of the primary guy which I think can allow him to be like a really good second or third option but I have my doubts on whether or not he would be if if you were drafting Benedict Matherin to be the primary option I don't think I wouldn't be too high on that personally I don't think that's his game but because you're going to draft him to be that second or third guy then I think it it all kind of comes together like the Tobias Harris role and I think that is definitely something which he can improve on for sure
2: yeah I mean I think it raises his floor um just considering that athletic wings nowadays are a dime a dozen that he is that good of a volume shooter it will raise his floor and keep him in the league for a, a while I I think he could be, you know, a 15-year guy if he if he, you know, stays healthy and everything. So it raises his floor, but yeah, as for the ceiling, that just depends on his development, his growth, kind of the fit with the team. Like, you know, if he's going to Sacramento, is he is he really going to grow that much compared to, you know, playing alongside someone like Cade? And that's not that's not really a thing where it's like I want him on the Pistons, even though I do. But I just think you know it's another thing about fit. Is like if you put him with a point guard that's good and young and like they can you know feed off each other and like push each other to be better, or is he gonna go to an organization that they're searching for a new coach every two three years, and you know yeah he's gonna be good he'll you know get a contract extension but they're just not gonna go anywhere um so that just kind of depends on his ceiling but I think his floor is you know he's gonna be a guy that will get you know a second third contract
0: yeah I'm with you on that I think as far as ceiling and floor you know I had this ceiling as like a number three option on a championship team, or maybe, maybe a two and a half, number two and a half option, that type of pretty good player. I think he would be at best a fringe all NBA team type of guy. Like I think he, you know, he has that ability in his game. And I think he can be a consistent all-star, maybe a low end all-star, but a consistent all-star. So a pretty good player. And like you were saying, his floor at worst, he's going to turn into a pretty darn good role player. And at worst, he's going to be a pretty good three and D type of guy. And so if that's the worst that you get out of Benedict Matherin, you, I think you gotta be pretty happy with that. And so, you know, I think that's why he should get more hype to go possibly at pick five or, you know, pick six, maybe wherever. Um, but yeah, as, as far as the rest of his strengths though, I guess we'll, continue. I was just going to add real quick before we get to the defense. His on-ball scoring is pretty solid. Aiden, you kind of mentioned that he's not too quick with the ball, and that's one thing that I noticed too, especially in pick and rolls. He's kind of more methodical and slow with it, and he tries to make the right reads, but he doesn't like zoom to one spot specifically, and in half-court sets in general, he's not too fast with it. In transition, he's fast, but in half-court sets, he's a little bit more methodical than most other guys are. Um, he has a solid mid-range pull-up, and, you know, that makes him possibly the best three-level scorer in this draft. Um, the shot mechanics there look well, look good also. Um, and his isolation shots were not good, though, in college. He didn't really take too many, which can maybe be a good thing and that some people would say points to him being more of a team player but they didn't use him too much in isolation situations. He didn't really have a go-to move, which is something that I think he'll need to find in the NBA. Um, he showed a couple solid moves, like against Tennessee this year. He had a Jason Tatum like sidestep, which I would love for and to keep working on. And so I think there's like things like that, especially with his dribbling, which is solid, that if he just focuses on and develops one specific move, He's going to be good in the NBA because you look at the best players, you know, guys like LeBron with his fadeaway, Tatum, like I said, with the sidestep, John Morant, now with the little cross jab that he has in transition. They all have go to moves, or even Jalen Green with the little crossover step back that he does going to his left. They all have go to moves that will get them at least three, four buckets a game. And so if Matherin can develop that, he'll be a better uh, shot creator on his own rather than be an off ball player. Um, so, I guess the next thing that I wanted us to go over though is his defense. And so let's start with the strengths part of his defense. Obviously there's going to get, there's going to be weaknesses that we'll get into, but what do you guys think are good about his defense? I know he's pretty disciplined. He got quite a few steals in college. What's a specific thing you would point to though?
1: Yeah, I would just say like, so, there are times where he really just looks engaged and he's like moving his feet a lot. And I feel like when he's engaged on the defensive floor, and this is kind of kind of where I'm getting at is that he has the tools to become an elite defender. It's just it's just I don't think it's like it's not as much as there as his offensive game is, but I think he has a tool. So when he's very locked in on his defense and he's focused on the defender, he moves his feet well. And like you mentioned, he's really good at reading defenders and in, in terms of his, stripping the ball away from them he's very quick hands is very reactive on that on that part so for me I think this like when he's locked in I think he can be right now a serviceable defender but I think his defense is definitely something which he can definitely grow to become an almost elite or at least a very good defender because he has all the tools six 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 nine wingspan I mean those are those are elite tools so I would be i would be shocked if his defense doesn't at least improve when he gets to the league for sure
2: yeah, I think something that needs to, that he needs to help out with is or off the ball defending. Um I mean if you watch, you know, like the Houston game, just like the Houston's just a bunch of wings, if you've never watched them. And when they, they play them, you know, there's a lot of you know back cuts and everything because it's like, you know, Arizona plays traditional five and everything. Their four is kind of a little bit old school. Like, he's still a stretch four, but he's still, you know, a 6'10 guy that's kind of slow. So, it's there's that. And it's like, you know, Houston plays pretty much a five out. um, And there's a lot of bad cuts and everything. And he didn't – he looked a little bit, you know, I guess kind of confused. Obviously, no one in the NBA is going to come out doing that, but still – a little bit of off ball defending needs he needs to work on, um, but yeah, I mean, he's got the length of everything, he's got the size, build, um, like athleticism, kind of everything we've already gone over, um, but it's just kind of mentally putting it all together, but yeah, I mean, I don't really, yeah, you guys can talk more about that,
0: yeah, and I mean, you guys kind of already got into the weaknesses, I'll say first with his defense in terms of the strengths that he has his athleticism helps him a lot because I mean when I you mentioned his length he has great length with that 6 foot 9 wingspan and so that allowed him in college to do to really do a great job contesting guys sometimes he'll get beat a little bit um but he he'll you rely on his length to still contest the shot and then force misses that's going to be important in the NBA that's why You know, guys like Dyson Daniels, a lot of other prospects in the past with massive wingspans, you know, are everyone just falls in love with them in terms of the NBA scouts, because defensively, that's what you use your wingspan for. That'll help a lot. And so Matherin has good length there. As I said earlier, I think he's pretty disciplined overall defensively because in one on one possessions. I think he does a good job sticking to his guy. He's great at going after dribble handoffs. He will stick to his man all the way through and then possibly create steals there. Uh, he doesn't foul too much. He really doesn't. And he does a great job of when his opponent or his guy is going at the at the rim, he'll wall up sometimes, or possibly for a mid-range, he'll just wall up, get his hands up. That's good discipline and good technique where you're not fouling. The issue that, and then actually, I guess, Before I get into the weaknesses, the last thing I'll say is that he was a good blocker in college. If you look at literally just look up some of Matherin's blocks, they are highlight crazy blocks. I mean, he sent some into like the second or third rows at Arizona. And so those are the type of blocks that everybody in the stadium would get up and be like, wow, because that dude has some he has some jump, man. And he has some strength to just throw that thing out of the stadium. And so that is, that's very promising. And he showed quite good uh, defensive IQ and help side ball cover in leaving his man to come help and possibly create a block attempt The And so you guys already got into his sort of his weaknesses. And so I guess we can continue with that, which is that defensively he kind of lacks focus a lot of times. Sometimes he'll, You know, it's as simple as that. He just lacks focus. He doesn't stick to his guy as well. It just happens every possession, uh, every one possession out of, I don't know, 10-15 form. It's really weird. And his stance defensively on ball is that he's kind of a little flat-footed. It works out for him because he's pretty laterally quick, but he sometimes can be caught just laying on his heels too much, which... Killed him quite a bit because quite a few times his opponents will receive the ball and he'll be flat footed. They'll blow right by him for a bucket. And so that's got to change in the NBA. I think it's something as simple as just trying to get him on his defensive stance to stay on his um his toes a little bit more. But the tools are there, he's laterally quick and so on. And so, yeah, what do you guys think of some of his weaknesses? You can continue with the defense or take another another route.
1: I'll say really quickly on defense, too. He does this thing where He gets beaten on a pick and roll. He'll basically just assume that his uh, big man is just going to switch. And that led to a lot of times him looking, it looked kind of foolish because he would go. So he'd get beaten on the pick and roll and he would switch to the guy who's rolling and the big man would be too late to react and that would lead to an easy bucket for the guard. I think that's like a tendency thing that can easily be coached, but that's definitely something I think he needs to get better or eliminate um, once he gets to the next level. Additionally, like if we're going back to his weaknesses it going to the offensive side of the ball I think this is where kind of I will say like his weaknesses I mean you can talk about the creation the, the shot selection perhaps the lack of playmaking but do we not feel like some of this is also just like maybe that's just not his role you know because he's again he was the number one guy at Arizona and he's asked to do a lot in Sean Miller's um, for Sean Miller's Arizona team and I feel like a lot of these things are kind of are kind of things which you don't expect him to do that much at the at this at the next level and also I'll say this uh, one of the knocks on Matherin is the fact that he can't um, create for his teammates like he's not as good of a playmaking but if you actually look at it month by month he improved as a passer and a playmaker obviously his vision is not as good as other prospects such as like Dyson Daniels for example but it does show like He's had this kind of growth trajectory. I think he played in Mexico. He played in Mexico at some point before Arizona. And ever since he's been like, or perhaps during Arizona, but he ever, each year he seems to have been growing and evolving this game. So that's something where I have hope where his playmaking may not be the best right now, but at Arizona it improved. And there's no reason to believe it won't improve in the NBA as well.
2: That was Tommy Lloyd who coaches Arizona, by the way.
0: Oh, oh! Yeah, Sean Sean Miller is the
2: <laughs> the he cheater got who, with the bag.
0: So.
1: I'm getting I'm getting old now. I,
0: I got, no, he did didn't he coach um, Matherin's freshman year? Because Tommy Lloyd had his first year his best year.
2: Okay, yeah, so I guess yeah. yeah, I guess he did. Yeah.
0: So I you're kind that, of ripe and I.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think watching Matherin, you know, I I kind of went in on shade and sharp. Um, last episode about how he was just kind of lackadaisical on defense and I don't really think that's the case here with Matherin like yeah he he takes off plays but definitely not as much as Shaden Sharp has um, but it's just kind of because he's gotten older and I think he's a little more mature so I think that's part of the reason but another thing yeah I, I would say kind of I haven't really thought about this until now, but I guess communication could be something he could improve on. I'm not sure if that's like a fact or not, but you know you were talking about the the pick and roll and everything like that. um kinda not not uh not having the right play or whatever, or I don't fucking know you know what I'm talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but yeah. But, yeah, I think communication, just, you know, making sure that, you know, you're switching or you're staying on your guy. So, yeah, that's kind of all I got to say that I haven't.
0: Yeah, I think you guys kind of hit on the main things that I was going to say. Uh, his playmaking isn't too great. You know, his pick-and-roll passing isn't good. He either delivers inaccurate passes or kind of telegraphs it on the pick-and-rolls. He sometimes – mainly in transition and um, when, and half court sets in which the defense isn't fully set, he can get a little too sped up and make some bad passes. And so that's got to get better. But in general, I think he's just not going to be a playmaker. That's not who he is. And that's fine because, you know, you look at the NBA, there's a lot of great players like uh, Bradley Beal is a good example of this, that they're simply not playmakers, but they're scorers. And that's what they do in the NBA. And that's okay. And so I think Matherin will be fine in that aspect. And that kind of leads me into his fit with Detroit. Because he's such a great scorer, I think he fits perfectly with the Pistons. Honestly, I think he is the best fit out of any player in this draft for the Detroit Pistons. I'll say that straight up. I think he's a better fit than even Jabari Smith or you know any prospect you want to pick. I think Matherin is the best fit with the Pistons in this draft. And here are the reasons why. He's six foot six. The Pistons would have a lineup with their shortest player being Matherin at six foot six. I mean, they would have a six foot seven point guard and six foot six shooting guard. That's big time. And if he can shore up the defensive, you know, times where he's a little not too focused or whatever, and in general, just become a better defender, that defensive lineup will be fantastic. I mean, Cade and Matherin in that backcourt will be tough to score on. And then you look at offensively for this team. Cade is a great playmaker, and we've been saying all along that he needs shooters around him. We've been saying this since before he got drafted by the Pistons. And so Matherin brings exactly that. He's a great catch and shooter. He's a great shooter in general. And So I think the fit's perfect. But what do you guys think? You know, Do you think – is he a good fit with Detroit? And I'll also ask, is there a team that he's a better fit with in this draft?
2: I mean, I would say for teams picking in the lottery, I would say probably Charlotte. I think Charlotte would be a great fit for him. Um, just kind of Gordon Gordon Hayward's kind of run his course. Um, and if they let Bridges go, he would be great to bring back to bring in and replace him. Um, I think he's way more refined and way better like Ready out of college player than Bridges was, and that I think for Charlotte at least that would be a great fit. Does but he
0: yeah, get to I thirteen? Do think, does he get to thirteen though? Is no, still, yeah. I'm
2: not saying he does, but I'm saying for teams in the lottery, I think he would be that would be his best fit. Um, but I do think he's a great fit for, for Detroit. Obviously, you don't want to draft for fit like at five, but still, um, I think he is talented enough that you would draft him as the best talent at pick five. Um, So yeah, and like you were talking about the height, that's obviously like enticing, but I also think just that would just clean out the gutters with all of the wings and all of the kind of combo guards that the Pistons have on their roster or kind of in the G League right now. And that would just clean it out. You could trade them, you know, cut them, send them to Serbia. I don't care. But that would just get rid of all that. You 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 said balsa (laughs)
0: Koprovica.
2: Yeah, balsa Koprovica reunited with, you know, Corey Joseph. Who knows? Or Hamadou Diallo. We'll see. But, yeah, I mean, I think just, yeah, it would get rid of a lot of the combo guards and you could, you know, develop Killian to be the backup point guard. And, you know, if Killian's running the second group, then you got Cade off ball if you want, or, you know, you could bring in another guard. But, yeah, I think that would solve the, the problem at the two and the three because if you play, you know, you know Mathurin could play two two and three and he can guard one through four. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it in terms of fit.
1: Yeah, I think theoretically, he's a perfect fit for the Pistons next to Cade Cunningham. I mean, Kate just needs someone who's who can be kind of a secondary um, ball handler, sort of like Killing is. But the main difference is Ben Mathurin can shoot the ball, Killing Hayes, and for, as of right now, isn't the best shooter. So I think there, it's a perfect fit. My main concern, not concern, but my main thinking is, is Ben Math okay with just kind of accepting? Because it's not like he's going to be above Cade Cunningham, like Let's be real Kate's okay, the number one guy, and I you that's where you'd have to do do the more like character and you know learn more about him and his like personality, but that is like I guess something that you could kind of be concerned about the fit is if he would rather he'd want to be the number one um player on the team, then there could be a little bit of a little controversy there, but like on paper i think I think it's a perfect uh <laughs> sorry my phone went off there <laughs> but I think I think it'd be I think it's a perfect fit, so.
0: Yeah. I agree with you guys there. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty much exactly what I said. One thing that here, here's what I'll say with that Nick Mather as we kind of get ready to wrap this up in general, I just don't understand why he's not getting as much hype as I think he should. I think he's so polished all around for all of the reasons that we already mentioned, his game will translate straight to the NBA. And so I'm shocked that, more teams aren't looking at him, that there's not more buzz for him to go at four five or six. I think for him going to Sacramento at four would be a home run in terms of fit with that team, because De'Aaron Fox is the main ball handler for the Kings. He's quick. You know, he's a great playmaker, not a great shooter. Benedict Matherin brings the shooting to that team. So I think Matherin would be a big time pickup for the Kings at four I think the Pacers at six wouldn't be bad next to he would probably have to play the three because he'd be next to Brogdon and Halliburton. But still, he, he can play the three in the NBA. Like what I'll say with Mathern is that he's the type of player that he can fit in any system. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if all 30 teams in this draft had the chance to pick him, maybe not as high as I'm saying they should, but had the chance to or just get him in general, they would because he's a great shooter. He's a solid defender. Obviously, he has the little parts he needs to work on. But, like, he does everything that an NBA team would want, and he's polished all around. And so I'm shocked he's not getting more buzz. I think even at five, there's not too many rumors out there that the Pistons are in love with him like they are with Keegan Murray and Jaden Ivey. And so, I don't know. I think that needs to change. I'll also say real quick before I finish up here, I think the Pelicans would be a great pick. For Ben McMatherin, I think he'd fit really well next to CJ McCollum, next to Brandon Ingram and those guys. They need some more shooting on the outside. I think that would be a good pick there. And I'll just – I'll finish here with my comp for him in terms of an NBA player. I think – I saw this on NBA nbadraft.net, so I want to give them the credit. But uh, I saw that they had his NBA comparison as Jason Richardson. I think that's a good comparison. For anybody who saw Jason Richardson or, you know, you can go back and look at some of his tape. He was a career 17.7 points per game shooter. He had, or score, he had seasons where he averaged like 23 for the Clippers in like 03 or 04-ish around then. He shot 37% from three in his whole career. Very similar, I think, to the type of role that Matherin could have. And so I think that's a good comp. I Some of the ones that I came up with is I think Victor Oladipo is solid but not as much of a two-way player as Oladipo is and not as much of a playmaker and uh, slasher as Oladipo is. I think he's kind of a better shooting Dwayne Wade, but a worse passer, if that makes sense. And I think the last one I'll say, because I know I just threw out a lot of names, I think his worst case, like we said the floor earlier, being a rotational player, could be something like Terrence Ross in that he's athletic and he can shoot, and he'll get, like, 25 minutes a game or 20 minutes, but not too much more than that. What do you guys think on those, and do you have any other comparison you want to add, maybe?
1: I'll say with uh, the Terrence Ross thing, I was reading somewhere that somewhere that his college statistics are actually very similar to Terrence Ross's coming out of Washington. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but, I mean, it's something to definitely note, but um, I think this is uh, this is not really like a comp, but like when I saw the way he was shooting and the way he would come off screens, it reminded me a lot of Ben Gordon. I don't know if that's like a like a comp that Pistons fans would want to hear. But Ben Gordon had a couple of games on the Pistons where he hit like nine threes or seven threes. And I, I like the way Ben Matheron would come off, even the shot, just like the high elevation, just reminded me of Ben Gordon a lot. And Ben Gordon, when he was in Chicago, was again like their second or third best scorer in the playoffs. So I mean, in his prime, obviously not with the Pistons. He wasn't that good. But, I mean, I saw a lot of similarities with the way they shoot. So, that was something that came up for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of just will stick with the Tobias Harris comp. Um, But I do think he would have a higher ceiling than Tobias just because I think he is a better shooter. But, I mean, another guy who's, like, an all-around player that, yeah, I don't think his floor is super low and yeah I mean I I don't want to talk him up and then be like oh yeah he's the safe pick because I don't think you know I think in a way he is safe but I think the team drafting him is gonna think he you know is gonna be an all-star because I do think that is his ceiling but yeah I think right now just because he is an all-around guy and we haven't seen that you know elite of elite skill come out yet. I will say he, you know, obviously he's only a rookie, but I think he would be a little bit closer to his floor than his ceiling Um, for now, at least. But yeah.
0: Yeah. And it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of like you were saying, just how, how his rookie season goes, by the way, because I think he's the type of guy who will have a better rookie season than most other players will have, but maybe there's not too much growth from there, if that makes sense, because he's kind of an NBA ready type of player, but we'll see if that ceiling is still there. And so that will uh wrap up this episode. As this that was our draft prospect profile or scouting report of Benedict Matherin out of Arizona. And so thank you guys all for listening. As we said at the beginning of the episode, we have two more episodes in this series coming out. Um, we'll be doing one on Dyson Daniels and then one on AJ Griffin out of Duke. So make sure to uh, look out for those. And of, of course, per usual, like and subscribe. Follow us on the social media accounts that we have. And thank you so much for your support. And we'll see you next time on the Three Weeks Podcast.